Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Look and Listen Podcast. Once again, we're back with another one-on-one episode. And as you already know, each one of these is designed to bring you a brand new conversation, brand new interview, brand new perspective. the brand new introduction of oh, some brand new production podcast is brought to you by audible.com get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash look listen pod over 150,000 titles for you to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player yo what's going on welcome back to the look and listen podcast once again we're dropping a brand new one-on-one as you can tell from the title of this episode this is military one-on-one so what I did is reached out to a couple people that I know from this uh, this Twitter verse out here and, um, you know, wanted to talk to them about their experience in the military. Um, you know, what I'm saying the things that, that they decided to, you know, why they decided to get involved and you know, what they actually you know, do and you know, all that kind of stuff, man. So it's going to be a pretty good interview, man. Um, I want to go ahead and introduce them and then we can get right in. First up, we're going to go ladies first. We got Miss Casey, uh, a.k.a. Sailor Candy on Twitter. Say what's up to the people. Hey, everybody. What's going on? And we also got my man Charlie from Gaming and Then Some, a.k.a. Gatspot. What up, Charlie? Hey, what's going on, y'all? How you doing? All right, all right. So, like I said, man, we're going to go ahead and, and chop it up with these two folks. Um, I want to definitely thank them for coming on. And, no problem. You know, we're gonna no problem. This, man. So, um, the first question that I wanted to ask y'all is, um, who or what inspired you to join the military? We'll go with the lady first, and then we'll let Charlie come in. Um, I was actually in college 
uh, was attending my freshman year of college when I decided that uh, I need to do a whole lot more. Um, I had a three-year-old sister, and then I had a 13-year-old sister at the time that I was pretty much taking care of while in school, but it just wasn't working out. So I decided to go ahead and join, and not only that, like they were going to pay for my education once I decided to finish, so... It was pretty much a no-brainer. I just had to go ahead and provide for my sisters and and go ahead and have somebody else pay for school because that thing is expensive. Hell yeah. Shut up. Mine's not as, uh, it's not like that. It's more like um, I, I, let, I let a lot of opportunities pass me by because I thought I had time. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I was young and, you know, I was like, uh, like with school, with school, I was trying to go to full sales, but then I tried to go to the Institute of Audio Research, but it was just like, I, I kind of like wasted time with that, you know what I'm saying? So after that, I just kind of like lost a lot of options and I had to make a choice because, you know, I can't be like 22 staying in my parents' crib, you know what I'm saying? I didn't really have much, much to show for a lot of things, so I figured that would help me. So I joined the military. So next up is, um, you know, what branch of, of the military did you decide to join and what were the reasons for that? We'll go with Charlie first. I, I joined the Air Force more so because, like, that was pretty much the family business. Like, my mom was in the Air Force. My stepdad, who I call my father, like, he's in the Air Force. That's how they met. And I just, like, just from all the stories my, my dad would tell me, it seemed like he just had the time of his life, you know what I'm saying? And uh, just he he was uh, he was always able to do more and it kind of like the money that he got from it helped him do the things that he wanted to do when he was in music or when he uh decided to put up uh to work with uh kids and whatnot with the youth programs like i just thought that was pretty cool you know what i mean um i actually went into the navy um hence the sailor candy part in my twitter name but uh the reason being was because the uh Air Force guy was taking too long. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm darn sure wasn't going into the Army because I'm lazy. I don't like running. Um, my uncle was a Marine, and so he kind of told me that, you know, well, you just get to be on a ship and chill out. And, you know, that was pretty much it. So the if the um, Air Force guy would have waited, it, I mean, gave me like two more days, I probably would have been there. But he wanted a whole another two weeks to fill out some paperwork. The Navy guy got me in maybe like two weeks after we met. So I was like, I'll do that. Air Force, y'all missed out, man. <laughs> I know, man. I'm pretty good. Pretty good person. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know what I mean? You already kind of touched on this one with the answer that you just gave, Casey. But, um, you know, I'll ask the question anyway, and then we'll also let Charlie answer it. Were there any other branches that you were considering? Um, yeah, just the, just the Air Force, man. That was it. All right, Charlie? That's funny you say that. Um, my first choice, and that was because I was trying to like, I was trying to do something different. Was the Navy, but but I didn't want to be on a ship in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, that's not gonna work out. And then um, I tried the Coast Guard, but they were t they were the ones that was actually taking too long. And I I remember like I kept passing Air Force billboards like from, on my way from uh, Bristol back to Jersey. And I was like, man, why not just stop BSing and uh, go to this recruiter? <laughs> man, so, so. so you decided to be in the air versus in the water? Yes. I don't know why that seems <laughs> better for me. Right. 
So in a parallel universe, it would have been Sailor Charlie and Air Force Casey out here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it would have been, but I I think my chances of going in the water and finding something to float on is way better than falling from the sky. So I'm glad I chose the the Navy. (laughs) I mean, like, I'm happy. Like, it's just more so because of what I saw, like, with my dad, like, in places I got to go to before I joined myself. Um, I just kind of wanted that experience for myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to go to Germany. I wanted to go to Korea. And granted, I didn't get to go to uh, Germany. I did get to go to Korea. So, no doubt. Um, so y'all kind of already touched on a couple of the other things that I wanted to know. Um, you know what I'm saying about like you know uh, when it kind of became more of a real thing for you. Uh, and also, um, you know, if you went straight out of high school or whatever. So we'll, we'll go ahead and kind of skip those. Um, and I, I guess I can kind of guess what your answers would be to this next thing. But I'll, I'll go ahead and ask anyway. So was there any resistance from family or friends when you decided to join? Uh, we'll go with Casey first and then Charlie. Um, yeah, I'm the only person on my mom's side of the family to ever be in the military. So they weren't having it. Um, like I said, I was taking care of my sisters at the time, so it was more so of, you know, like, they didn't want me to leave, and they didn't know what to do without me and everything like that, so it was kind of hard. Um, I didn't want to go at first. I actually left two days after my little sister turned three, which kind of made it very bad for her because all she knew was, you know, celebrating her birthday, and then now I'm not here. Um, but... Other than that, like, I basically put it out there, like, hey, y'all don't have to buy me nothing no more. And they were like, well, shit, go ahead. (laughs) So that was pretty much it. Once I told them, you know, I'd be making a whole lot more money and they ain't had to worry about me too much, that was pretty much they, well, you know, we can deal without seeing you for a couple days, I guess. And that was it. They was like, bye, nigga. Yeah, until until I actually left. And, you know, when I left, it was hard because my grandfather died maybe like a week in the boot camp. Um, like I said, I left I left in November. So uh, right before Thanksgiving and Christmas, I've never been without my family for the holidays. Uh, and then, like, after that, like I said, my grandfather died. And then another one of my cousins passed. So it was kind of like my family was like, this has got to be the worst decision you probably ever made and everything like that. So it was, it was tough at first, but you know, everybody kind of loved the fact that I was actually trying to do better. So yeah, that's what's up. Charlie, what's your answer, sir? Um, pretty much it was, uh, my ex girlfriend at the time, like she was, uh, she was kind of like, I don't want you to go because someone she had dealt with in her past joined the military and that didn't play out. But you know, my parents, on the other hand, my mom was happy. It actually made the relationship between me and my pops like a lot better because at the time, my mom was stationed in Hanscom. And so it was me, my dad, and my brother. There's three three men in the house, you know what I mean? So it was just a lot of clashing heads. And then finally, like when he saw that I was like serious about joining the, the, the Air Force, he was like, everything seemed to get a lot easier, you know? So there was, he was very supportive. He was very supportive of that. All right. So um, 
what were the steps, you know what I'm saying, in, in terms of uh, pursuing your spot in the military? So, like, what I mean is, um, you know, obviously there was the decision to go ahead and do it. And then, you know, I'm sure you have to apply and all that kind of stuff. Like, if you would, just kind of talk us through the steps that you took or that you can remember taking, you know, when you first, you know, from the point that you made the decision to when you first were actually a part of it. Um, we'll go with Charlie first to talk about what it was in the Air Force and in case you can tell us about the, uh, the Navy. Like you want to know from like when I like fill out the paperwork in the in the recruiting office and stuff like that. Yeah, like like um, like you know, just for those of us who aren't really aware of like what it takes to 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 join. Right? You know. Okay. Um. Well, one of the they had me take this uh test called the ASVAB, and just to see where like where you stand. Like I I think it's like math, electronics, admin work, mechanics. And I think there's something else. Like I'm English not, stuff too. Yeah, I, English, think. It, I can't remember. Yeah, I can, it was. Uh, we're talking about 2008 when I took it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, whatever, like it was a long time ago. Whatever y'all can remember, you know what I mean? Just to you know, give us a little bit of a insight into it or whatever. Um, all right. Us civilians, but, you know what I mean? All right. Um, yeah, you take the ASVAB test and then. Um, you kind of figure out what you want to do your career field because they give you the scores on where like on what categories you you scored high in okay. and then based on that based on those results they kind of try and put put you in a job that kind of suits that your skill set right? right and um from that point you choose you can choose a specific job or you can go in like open general open mechanic open you know uh, electronic open admin whatever and um then they'll give they'll put you in like the the delayed entry program the debt program and pretty much you're like waiting to go to um you're waiting to go to basic like you get a you got to go through meps get your physical fill out all this paperwork just to get uh, uh a date on when you go to basic Tell us about what it was for you in the Navy. Um, it's pretty much the same thing that he said. All the military branches pretty much have to go through the same exact um, steps in order to get in. The only thing was it's about the complications and what you um, endure on your way there. Like, uh, I almost got set back like five times. One, because I had eczema as a kid. You can't have that. The second one was because of... Uh, you know, I was flat foot. It made up all kinds of crap not to get me in. Right. Um, and I took my ASVAB in 2006 all because I wasn't prepared to take a... They, they let us do it in school, and I did mine because I wasn't prepared for the English exam that I had coming up. Uh, so I was <laughs> like, fuck it, I'm going to take this ASVAB so I could go ahead and reschedule this English exam after I studied for it. So I was just in there just circling anything just because I didn't really care. And it ended up being one of the most important tests of my life, and I didn't even know it. And um, but yeah, everything's pretty much the same. It all depends on what kind of challenges you face trying to get in there. I had like seven waivers, and it was crazy. I had to get like three. I remember I had to get three because my ankles. I couldn't rotate my ankles because I messed them up when I was younger playing soccer. And then I had uh, I had a record. You know what I'm saying? Cause I did some dumb shit when I was younger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they were like, you know, we got to get a waiver, you know, get you interviewed. 
see if like you know it's like a care like yeah, like a character kind of interview like see who, what type of person you are and whatnot right. and if you're the same person and whatnot and and pretty much it was like i'm sitting there, i remember just like going through this and thinking all this for some cds i took from target you know? yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yo they, they told me i wasn't gonna be able to get in because it's crazy because the day of my when I actually went to MIPS and I swore in and everything, I was working at IHOP, and <laughs> the lady who um, was a general manager, like a new manager at the time, uh, called and said she was going to tell the guy at my computer that I was stealing money and all kinds of stuff. I was like, dude, I ain't steal nothing. All my my things cleared out and everything, and she went through this whole thing about it was like over eighty dollars and. All my aunt crying. My aunt was like, you know what? Fuck that bitch. I'm going to pay the $80. You're going to get in. Ain't nobody going to stop you from doing what you need to do. Come to find out, this bitch is in jail now because she was money laundering from IHOP. Oh, so man. I was trying to well. figure out a way to give me my $80 back. <laughs> like, I was like, that was a whole stressor. And then she got in touch with my recruiter. We had to go through a whole, like you said, character interview. And I was like, look, I ain't steal no money. You know, I make, I make, Way more on tips. I only had need that eighty dollars. Like it was, it was a bad. It was a lot. I was surprised I actually got in, and I'm surprised I got me an honorable discharge. It's a whole, <laughs> a whole another life that I was surprised about with that military stuff. What was that? Was that like after you swore in? Yeah, it was the same exact day. But I was like, literally, she was calling me while I was swearing in. Like I had five or ten voicemails from her while I was already in there swearing in. So, like, when I answered the phone after I walked out, I'm panicking like a motherfucker because I'm thinking, holy shit, I just swore in. And so now all this shit running through my mind about how, you know, now I'm official and so I could go get court mark. It was just too much going on. Like, I don't usually cry unless I step on, like, a Lego or if somebody <laughs> take my money. And all of that shit kind of felt like the same thing happening at once. So it was like, fuck, I don't know what to do. So, yeah. It, it's funny, like, it's funny how, like, there's so many kind of similarities in, like, the paths we took, kind of, sort of. Because, like, we get into the same drama. Because I, I had something like that happen with me when um, I swore in, like, the night, I, the, the day I swore in. Because you're in MEPS for, like, hours. Like... Don't make don't make any plans for like okay I'm gonna be in Meps for like two hours and that's no. it not that's pretty much your day that is pretty I'm much from five a.m. from five a.m. until like three p.m. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you work much- a, it's like you working a shift and you're not getting paid for it. Like, mm-hmm. So I remember I walked out I got my recruit uh, my recruiter bought me back home. I call my friends. They're like, yo, so what happened? What happened? I was like, yo, I swore in. It's official. I'm leaving in at this time. And then I talked to my mom. My mom was like, yeah, this detective is looking for you. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, detective is looking for you. He wanted to talk to you. And I'm like, why? And he's like, I don't know. So I call him up and he tell and um, I'm like, yeah, you looking for me? Uh, what's going on? Can I help you? What's up? And he's like, yeah, do you know this? Uh, this girl and it happened to be my uh, ex-fiance and I was like yeah what about her and it's like something happened to her car and I was like well that's rather unfortunate what's that got to do with me and it's like her boyfriend named you as a as, as a suspect and I'm like yeah I haven't talked to her in years so why would I do anything now like so he was like you know it's kind of late um, they kind of late in reporting this but don't make any plans to go anywhere until this investigation is done 
I was terrified. Like I was, I, I was scared that I wasn't gonna get in. I was like, I was like, I gotta tell my recruiter. He's gonna be pissed. And I ended up talking to him about it, and everything was pretty much cool. Like, um, pretty much the the, the detective called me back, said, you know. Don't worry about anything. You're clear because I told my situation to me like enlisting, and he was like, "Oh, like we'll see what we can do for you, but don't make any plans just yet." But you know, everything seemed to have worked out at the end. Like I was, they they see they realize they kind of had it was common sense showing that I didn't have anything to do with it because if I haven't if I haven't talked to someone in years, why do something now? But I was just so scared that I was not gonna that that just pretty much ruined my chances of getting into the Air Force because I was really trying to get out of New Jersey at the time. That's crazy, man. Especially, like, with you being young, you know, at the time and, and not really knowing exactly what to do. I mean, I guess even at your age now, you would still be kind of like, well, shit, I don't know what I should do in this situation. But, you know, I'm, I'm picturing you being a much younger person at the time and then having all that going on. So I can imagine for both of y'all that it was a lot of shit, you know, coming down at you, coming down on you all at one time, man. That's that's pretty wow. Um, you know, I mean, definitely great answers and stories on that one. Um, the next thing I wanted to know is, you know, if, if you all joined alone or, you know, or if you had any family or friends who were also trying to apply and join and everything. And, and if you did, did those folks stick around and, and make it through like you did? Um, we'll go with Charlie first and then Casey. Um, my cousin who, like, I looked up to him. He ended up trying to. Like he ended up seeing like how happy I was. He tried to join the army, but it didn't. That didn't work out for him because he got hurt. He was a state trooper, and uh, he he was actually in a car accident. Like pretty much messed up his his entire right arm, and so that kind of stopped him. And uh, of course, you know, like Sterling Sterling wanted to join the Marines, but he got he was sick. You know what I'm saying? Um, the People that don't know Sterling uh, is my co-host, is uh, the host for Gaming and Then Some. He had a, um, is like a skin disease and it kind of affect like his glands and everything. And that prevented, it limited his movement and like what he can do. So he couldn't join the, he couldn't join the Marines. And then our, the only person that really like did it and I, it pretty much took me to conv convincing him to follow through was uh my close friend James. Like he ended up joining the army. Okay. All right, that's what's up. Shout out to Sterling. All right, Casey, what's your answer, ma'am? Um, I joined by myself. Uh like I said, I'm the only person on my mom's side of the family. My dad, uh him and his mom were army. My grandmother actually was a drill sergeant. So, you know, um they weren't too happy about my, my navy decision, but you know, they let me ride with it. And <laughs> um I came in with a couple people that I remember, um, you know, at the same time we were just trying to do it together. Um, but we all kind of lost touch. One of them actually got hurt while he was in Kuwait, and I hadn't heard from him. Um, last time I spoke to his girl, well, the girlfriend at the time, she told me he just wasn't doing too well mentally because, you know, he was going to have to get processed out and all kinds of stuff like that. So, um, But as in people I came in with, this is a couple people I met while in um a school or whatever. I, it's one dude I call my brother. My child calls him Uncle Marcus. He's still in. He's getting ready to try to put on that first class, and I'm proud of him. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's like a, you create bonds with people. Yeah. So, the, But to come in with somebody, I never 
I never came in with anybody. It was just me on that on that plane ride by myself. No doubt. Um, we're gonna take it back a little bit. You know, go back into the memory bank and see what you all can remember about basic training. And, oh uh, man, <laughs> that's something you never forget. Yo. Yeah, <laughs> yo, never. Yeah. yeah. So if you would like, like describe, you know, your experience, and then also let us know um, if there was anything that you did to prepare yourself for it ahead of time, like you know kind of get your mind right or you know did you have to do like any kind of physical training did you go on a diet cardio you know different things like that um you know to kind of get yourself ready for it um casey seemed like she had a, a good story so we'll go ahead and start with her and then we'll let my man charlie come in um to get ready for it i was fat um <laughs> <laughs> but like no i didn't and they just told me man you gotta lose at least three pounds and i was like all right and so like like the whole week before, I kind of just fake ran and didn't eat as much or whatever, and I lost like ten. And um, so I was good, but I was still, you know, it was crazy because I'm lazy. Uh, I tell people all the time, don't follow my boot camp experience. Don't listen to my story because you think it's going to work out for you. It's not. I just happen to have a very dope angel uh, to help me because I'm one of the biggest procrastinators ever, and it's my angel puts in double time. And, uh, like, I was the only person to get fat in boot camp. Uh, reason being is because we have to take, like, a swim test in order. Now, you got to swim for the Navy to be in the Navy. Uh, so, <laughs> like, we had to take a swim test, and everybody was passing it on the first day or maybe the second time. I didn't pass it until the day before they told me if I didn't pass it, I wasn't going to graduate with my class. Oh, and that meant missing out on all the running and all the stuff because I had to go swim. And when you go swim, you have to eat dinner after everybody else. So they got all this food left over. I'm hungry as shit from coming from swimming and still failing. I mean, and I'm sitting up here talking to all these black people working behind the counter and we all cool because we all from the South, but we just living in the North at the moment. What the fuck you think I'm going to do? I was eating my ass off. There's no RDCs in there to tell us not to eat this much and all kinds of shit. There's no set portion. So, like, I picked up 15 pounds in boot camp. Like, <laughs> easy. yeah, and nobody, everybody else was losing that much, and I picked that up. So, like, my boot camp picture, I look, I look like Elmo fucking Fudd. My face is huge as shit. <laughs> and um, between that and, you know, like, even the final – the final mission that you have to do before you leave, before you can pass your battle stations, you can only get three strikes. And I had two. And I actually got a third one, but the dude was looking out for me so well. He was like, I'm not going to let it count. I want you to graduate. And I was like, dope shit. <laughs> so, like, you know, between that and, you know, barely passing my run because, hell, I was swimming all the time. I couldn't run. So, you know, my boot camp experiences was just me, you know, acting like I was pretty much in jail running shit. Um, I used to have my mom, like, send me cards because you can't have no candy, no snacks, no nothing. So, you know, luckily my dad haven't, I mean, not luckily, but my dad, my adopted dad used to go to jail a lot. And so I used to pick up, I just remember all the shit we used to have to do for him, like send him gum in the cards, but we had to tape it to the cards. So nobody could tell the difference. So I told my mom, I was like, yo, just take some big red to my Christmas card. And so she take big, I'm in there chewing gum. Everybody looking at me like, how the hell you get gum? I'm like, yo, don't worry about it. 
I was able for, I made it possible for all the girls, all the black chicks to get perms in their hair before we graduated. Cause you know, you can't have none of that stuff. I'm so serious. Yo, I was the night before when, when I talked it, I talked my chief into letting us get it. I'm up, I'm up in the middle of the night putting perms in chicks hair. Like I made a hundred dollars that night. Cause I did about eight heads. And my chief was so pissed because we had to go to fire, the fire part of the whatever, the training. And he was like, what if y'all hair catches on fire? We was like, dude, we've been doing this shit for years. You ain't got to worry about none of that shit. Yeah, and so, <laughs> so everybody here was laid to the fucking side while we, when we graduated and everything like that. Um, I had it when we went to boot camp. Well, when I went to boot camp, Soldier Boy had just came out with, you know, that, you know, that Soldier Boy Watch Me Use shit or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. so... Uh, my RDC was watching this shit on YouTube and as soon as it came on I just got up and started dancing you're not supposed to do that shit and then I ended up teaching all the white kids how to fucking do this like I I made it fun for boot camp and I tell everybody you probably can't get away with that shit now so don't yeah. try it but I had us eating gummy bears like if we had tied the knots up in our um, neckerchiefs right we had to get on the line and we could get gummy bears like I made it so much fun because I ain't shit. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't take the whole process serious at all. And so, but my boot camp experience was dope. Other people may say this was bad. I ain't had none of them horror stories because, again, if you ain't shit and if you're not really, like, you know, all stressed out or whatever, you're going to make it fun regardless. And that's, that's pretty much the type of person that I am. So we had hella fun. While I was in boot camp. Yo, so the, the moral of this story is anybody <laughs> out there that wants to try to, you know, join the military. Don't do at, what the fuck yeah, I do. Yeah, don't do what she did. Do what she said, not as she does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Word. All right, man. Anything else you want to add to that? Nah, man. That was just it. Just don't do what the fuck I did. Don't, don't go in there thinking shit going to be a cakewalk for you because... I had a cakewalk. No, we just two different motherfucking people. <laughs> yeah, she was in there like like fucking Pablo Escobar and shit. Like, just build her own Yeah, jail. yo, like real yeah. shit. That's exactly what it was. That's crazy. All right, man. Charlie, can you beat that story? Oh, I don't know, man. I'll try, though. <laughs> um, my my basic experience was, was kind of interesting. Is uh, Of course, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you have your, your – well, we how we have it, we have our flights, and we're in um, – Lackland Air Force Base in Texas, and like how the the actual base and the training part of the base is like two different things. It, it was like we were in a like in a camp, like separated, isolated from the world. Um, for me, I was tr like they made me laundry chief because you get details, and so like I'm in charge of people's laundry, and I had like s simple rules: separate your colors, just separate your colors. One dude wanted to be different. I almost got into like numerous of fights because of that. Like he he kept putting uh he put his sock he put his green socks with the whites. And when you get your green socks at first before you wash them, of course you know they're gonna bleed. So then he started blaming me, told me I didn't I didn't know how to wash clothes. So I remember I just grabbed this I I just grabbed the shit and I threw it. I was like, you know what, fuck your clothes. I ain't washing shit no more. And he was like, No, nah, you gonna wash my damn clothes. I was like, nah, you gonna wash your clothes and next thing you know, it's like a, a fight breaks out. Like we're like we didn't like would swing on each other. It's just like we were kind of wrestling or whatever. And then like we needed to get stuff done. 
I'm yelling at everybody and I just need to learn how to relax. But I was just like, so like I had my, like my anxiety and stress and just being in a new place. Like I didn't really know how to like take it. Cause you're around people you don't know, like y'all around each other is a bunch of dudes, testosterone's up. Nobody's like, you mean, nobody getting laid. So you're just mad. Like that's how you are the whole time. But eventually as like time went on, it just became a lot more fun. Like just we we bonded more. So like every time we just kind of like make jokes, and we were the, always the flight that was getting in trouble. Um, one dude didn't. Uh, one dude couldn't pass his PT test, but like our our, our TI kind of he kind of like changed some like messed around with some numbers because he like it, we was gonna be his last flight because they they told him he couldn't be uh, a TI anymore because of his leg and whatnot, but. You know, like we, it it was a it was kind of a fun experience, like especially with the sister, like there was sister flights that we had, and you're not supposed to like talk to any girls while you're there, like because you're supposed to be focused and. Damn, that sucks, yo. Yeah, yeah, like one of one of one of our guys got caught like looking at like looking at uh one of the one of the girls from the sister flight, like she was passing by, he she looked at him and smiled. And I guess that T.I. was just waiting for him to do something, man. As soon as he caught him looking back and, like, looking at her and, like, he, he nodded his head. He was like, yo, you see something you like? Get on the floor. He had him push, man. Because we ain't say nothing to him. He made us all push. And it was, it was pretty bad. Like, the, pretty much the only time you could ever, like, talk to her, like talk to the girls there was when you're doing laundry. So, pretty much, I was good. You know, like me, like I had a I had a crew with me, and it was just me and a couple of me and this other dude, Tyler, is uh dude. He was from Texas, and we were talking with the we were just talking and flirting with these girls from security forces, and it was like you know you get caught up in the, those little moments, like yeah we're gonna keep in contact, we're gonna keep in touch, this that, and the third. We didn't soon like soon <laughs> soon as we like soon as we graduated, I didn't give a damn about not near any of these people I had like. Bill, can I just wanted to leave? Like, Why, just, yo, that's crazy. <laughs> no, like, when you, you know what? I think it's different. I think it may be different because, see, we had integrated. We were actually an integrated division. We had female and male, and oh, okay. so we like again. This is where my boot camp experience is different. Do not try this doing your boot camp experiences. <laughs> but I was kind of like a madam. Like I was setting up. I was setting up people to do the laundry part. Like we had the laundry room, like inside. Our mm-hmm. um our compartment and the female one. So what happened was like late at night when I knew the RDC schedule, and if I was the one who was actually like supposed to stay up and do watch, yo, if I knew two people liked each other, yo, y'all can go in the laundry room right quick. Like it was no thing. Like wow. people wow. were yeah, yo, like wow. people were legit having sex and boot camp, yo. It was not a game. And then like if we knew the rates nice. that every <laughs> yo, if we knew the rates that people were having. Like, you could set it up because A school was kind of le- like legit the same thing. And, like, um, I'll put it to you like this. We, um, we had, okay, so it was, it was like basically you had the boot camp, you had boot camp over here on one street. Then mm. the next street over was A school. So you had kids who were in A school coming to the, like, coming, coming on to the boot camp base to do certain stuff or whatever. And if you knew you were going across the street, you were setting it up. Like, it was nothing. Like, we could, t- we c- they weren't supposed to see you talking. 
But I went during the winter where you had to shit on your mouth. So if you were walking by talking, ain't nobody knew you was walking by talking because they can't see your mouth moving. Yeah. So it was like, and then people would go to the church services on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yo, I know a lot was, about that. Yo. <laughs> yo, it was fair game when you went to the church services on Sunday. And then on top of that, with me going to the swim, you always see it some, you, it's, the way they had it was the females would be in the bathing suits, but you had to wear pants. But shit, you in the water, it gonna make your shit get tight. Everybody can see everything. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> it was a totally different. It was a totally different experience for me, yo. I was, I will say this once I took, cause once I figured out, like, I don't know how it was with you or where y'all were, but like. I told them, yo, I think they putting something in the milk because, like, the dudes and the females were not getting horny, and they were the ones who were drinking milk. I don't like milk. So I was trying to figure out why was I always horny and everybody else wasn't. And then once a couple of the boys was like, yo, I'm not going to drink no milk for a week, and they started getting horny, everybody stopped drinking milk. It became a whole epidemic around that bitch. Every. <laughs> Everybody stopped drinking milk, and like, RDCs was trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. <laughs> but it, it's funny you said it because, like, it, like that was one of those things. Like, we never like talked about, you know, amongst us in our flight because, like, we was just kind of like at first we were like, nah, we don't, we don't really rock with each other like that until I think this one dude broke the ice, <laughs> and they caught him beating off in the bathroom. Oh man. <laughs> It was like it was like yeah yo Han was beating off in the bathroom. I was like wait who was beating off in the bathroom? It was like Han was beating off in the bathroom. I was like wait but don't you clean the bathroom? He was like yeah yo I was the one that caught him. And then we was like oh okay all right so I guess people are beating off in the bathroom now. That's a thing yeah. and pretty much so it was like it was it was nothing to. Like the shower part, like this is this is probably what scares me. Like if I ever become a lesbian, it probably won't ever happen because of boot camp. Because chicks was turning left and right just because of some issue about them just wanting something, and they just figured, oh well, might as well get it on with each other. It was nothing to wake up in the middle of the night. Yo, yo, I I swear to God, yo, it was like it was crazy because I was like, yo, when I think about it, it was only six weeks. But it was a long ass fucking six weeks. Oh, oh, the, oh yeah, yeah. Like the first, the first, cause your first two weeks, not even like your zero week. It feels like it's you feel like you've gone through it for a week, and it's only been like two days. Yeah, yo, it's like a totally different. Like you just writing, like all of a sudden that's when you start numbering and counting the days down because it gets so <laughs> frustrating as hell in there, and so it would be nothing. To go into the bathroom and have to walk past the showers, and I'm hearing bumping uglies, and I'd be like, you know what, these bitches, and like have to continue to just go piss, and they don't stop even if they hear you pissing. They just probably will take a pause until the toilet flush so they can do it real class, so you won't even fucking hear it or some shit. But like, it was crazy. Like, it was a whole nother life, yo. It was just, again, my experience will never probably be nobody else's experience. So please don't take it. For what I'm saying, and try to and try to recreate this shit, you might get the fuck out. The funny thing, like you doing hair, like you you was talking about the whole hair thing, and like we couldn't, like we couldn't have shape ups or whatever. But we was lining each other up for graduation and whatnot, because like 
at first they give they cut your hair out like for for guys they cut your hair like bald you just straight bald at first oh for real if you have like when if you came in there with like um micro braids like some oh these dumb black holes oh man i let me tell you about the tears yo like because i was like dude it was like if it's micro braids we cutting them all off they was like but if it's some big like the cornrows back we'll let you go ahead and take those out or whatever the case may be because you know those are easier to get out micro braids gonna take you about two or three hours yo when they said that five black girls was like i don't want to do this shit I'm fucking going home. You're not cutting all my hair off. Like it was, it was real. It was deep. And I was, I, I was in there at first helping this girl get her braids out. Like, girl, I'm gonna help you, girl. You ain't gonna cut all your hair off. But I went in with my own Caesar cut. Like, fuck it. I not telling me I can't wear no shit. You not. I'm not about to sit up here and walk around with no fro for these niggas to not want me when I get the fuck up out of here. Like, nah. I'm just gonna go ahead and cut this shit off. Have it tapered real nice. Six weeks, I can do. I'm cool with that. But nah, no, they that, was cutting chicks straight off. They they wasn't playing that. Like even if you came in with your haircut, nah, them old white folks was just gonna cut. They was gonna fuck your shit up. They cut against the grain, oh, mess man. your hair your hairline up or whatever. So like they like they cut us all bald the first the first week we're there. Then like right in the middle, like in our fourth week when we go when we had our warrior week, they gave us all the high and tight. So we oh, out here no. looking. Yeah, we was looking crazy as shit. And then like our graduation, I was like I had a I bought a razor and I was like, you know what, fuck this. So I started doing my lineup. I was like, you know, I'm gonna just do my lineup right quick. Cause I had like this little widow's peak thing going on and everything. So I shaped myself up. <laughs> and they was like, yo, you ain't supposed to do that. And I was like, look, if we all do it, they'll just think we're just <laughs> They won't say nothing if we all have one. So yeah, we just spent like a good hour while um, it was on a Sunday too, because um, our TI comes in late. Like he'll go to church, but he'll come in late. So just that whole time, we like giving each other shape ups, and we we all falling asleep. We had one dude keeping a lookout, like everybody sleeping and taking naps. And then as soon as you hear that banging on the door, everybody waking up, straighten everything up. You know what I'm saying? Because we ain't trying to get in trouble. Like so. Yeah, like y'all niggas, man. Y'all, y'all had some straight up jail boot training, boot boot camp shit going on, man. Casey had the the fucking the the Don Diva. I, I was shit. on a vacation, yo. <laughs> yeah, I was on yeah. a I was on a paid military a vacation, yo. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and, yep. and then they had the they had the straight up porno shit going on with people. You know what I mean? Like, like I done seen flicks where. People was, you know, so called the military, the captain, and the, you know, whatever. Like she, they had that shit popping for real. So maybe, yo. maybe all that shit really isn't fantasy. Like yo, I was literally like, I'm telling you, yo, the jail. My dad being in jail when I was a kid really probably had programmed me for that shit because <laughs> I was selling, I was selling the peanut butter cups to the white kids. You know, white kids love peanut butter for some fucking they reason. Really they can just eat that shit. Yo, I was when I when I would eat my dinner after everybody. I would take like three or four of the cups and all those white boys would be like, yo, you got a cup of peanut butter? Yo, I got a cup of peanut butter. You got a dollar? Like, it was like, I was literally like running this shit like jail, like inside the jail, yo. I was like moving weight <laughs> with peanut butter and had my mom like sending me gum. And when my mom would send me gum, somebody else would want a piece. They'd have to give me 50 cents for it, for a piece of gum, not a pack, but for like a piece of gum, yo. I was Jeez. selling Pop-Tarts. 
I was doing a lot of shit. When I walked out of boot camp, I had like $400 just from everybody else. Yo, like, she, she it was, was not a game. She was, she was <laughs> flipping birds of motherfucking snacks and shit, man. She had <laughs> kilos of sugar and shit, for real. Telling um, you, yo. It was yo, real. <laughs> y'all already covered a couple of things, but I did want to ask. Uh, Casey, I'm pretty sure I know your answer to this, man, because you had a fucking blast in your shit. But the, the question was, um, was there ever a time you thought about quitting basic training and, and if so why you probably didn't think about that shit because you was having so much fun but i'll let you answer first and then we'll let charlie say if he if he thought about quitting at all yeah i thought about quitting twice um again the first time i thought about quitting was when my grandfather passed away right. shortly after me getting in like i i didn't i wasn't expecting that i knew he was sick before i left and the crazy part was i couldn't get to see him before i left so to not see him, for him to die and still not make the funeral kind of just really fucked with me to the point where I really wanted to leave. And um, the second time I wanted to leave was when I couldn't I couldn't see my sisters. Like my mom told me something had happened with my sister at school and that she was okay, but she was acting out because she missed me and she basically said it. I just was like, fuck it, this is not important. Like, right. I, I got to go home and... My mom was like, but if you do leave, it'll show her that, you know what I'm saying, you're not going to follow through with what you need to do, and she need to follow through what she need to do, and so you got to continue to do it. But, yeah, those are those were pretty much the only two times that I thought about leaving. Right on, because of the family, man. Shout out to the family. Yeah. All right, Charlie, what's your answer, sir? Um, Probably my, my second week. Um, I, It was just, like, so much going on. I was... Like, I didn't really talk to my family that much, and I was just wondering what was going on with them. Um, and I was worried about my little brother at the time, uh, my youngest brother, Kari, because he didn't want me to leave. And I think when I got a, like, I finally got this a letter from him, and it was when Iron Man came out, the first Iron Man came out, and he was talking about how he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't get to go see Iron Man. And how my parents sold my uh, my car, which, you know, I mean, I wasn't really mad about, but he was really sad. And then he drew this picture of me and him and like that, that kind of broke me. And I was like, man, I need to get back to him. You know, I need to get out of here. Like, I really need to get to back to my little brother. But then like um, it was the same like the same conversation you had with uh, you said your mom about yeah. um, like quitting or not. Like I had this uh, with my uh, my bunkmate. This dude Murphy, who like me and him talked about everything. Like we talked about life, we talked about girls, we talked about everything. And I was telling him like what was going on with me. He was like, dude, he pretty much said the same thing. He's like, yo, if you quit, like then your brother's probably gonna think it's cool to quit something if you don't like it or if something like you gotta keep going. Like this is temporary. You gonna see him, so why you act like you're not gonna see him? Like man up. And I was like, you right, you know what I mean. So that pretty much kind of kept me going and and like not lose focus well that's what's up man you know what i mean shout out to those people for keeping y'all motivated man and sticking with it um so the next thing i wanted to know was you know what are some of the most important things that are taught in basic training and you know how many of those things do you still carry with you today you know in your you know just your normal life or whatever um, we'll go with charlie first and then casey um i would say more so it's like the the thing we have like our wingman concept like that kind of that kind of stuck stuck out like look out for your wingman but not in, not in the way they want you to it was more like look 
you, either you ride with them or you don't like you you with them 100 percent. like if you you know like it, it like i would have to give you like i would have to give a scenario of just when i was in um when i was in korea one dude was getting in he got into it with uh uh an army guy over a girl okay. now normally like I'd be like, yo, you fighting over a girl, man. I ain't getting involved in that. But he was in my shop. You know what I'm saying? Like me and him had, we're in the same career field, and our shop was a very tight knit shop. So I was like, all right, man, this is kind of stupid, but if if you fighting, we all fighting. That's pretty much what it was. Like you just you gotta be you there for your fellow man because you never know. Like that, like you'll need them at some point, regardless of if it's work related or if it's personal, whatever the case may be, and um. You know, that that stuck out with me the most, if anything, like just having that 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 wingman concept with your with with your coworkers, if like the coworkers that you cool with and stuff like that, and just just people in your shop and even in your career field, like just in, in like if you're in a for me maintenance career field, you know, we're all affected by what one person does. So if it's like we're at a maintenance party, you got to make sure. Even if you don't really rock with that dude, keep him in, in like keep him in check. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't want to have a break, uh, a safety briefing, in the, in in the, in the weekends. You know what I'm saying? You don't want your weekends messed up because you at a two hour safety briefing. You know what I'm saying? So. And when you say shop, what what exactly is the shop? What does that what does that mean? Um, for for like for maintainers, it's uh like I'm a I'm a welder and a machinist, so they you know we have a metal shop. So like kind of like a, like an auto hobby shop, kind of sort of. It's kind of the same concept. Like a unit. You mean more like yeah. a unit, like for army people or whatever. Like you know, it could well, be like their unit or whatever, or well, something like that. Well, no, it's not like that because we have like for that. It's like our flight. It's like our flight. Our and we have a flight and a squadron, but like our shop is just kind of like it, it's your job. You know, what I mean, like for for mechanics, it's like okay, the metal the the metals tech shop, the sheet metal shop hydro shop or like if you're doing hydro eland that's electronics okay. stuff like that that's that's pretty much like like the mechanic kind of side of it Word. you so, know so when you were talking about that guy you were basically talking about a co-worker of yours yeah Word. okay um anything else you want to add to that no that, that's pretty much pretty much what my big ta my biggest takeaway from it all right casey what about you what are the most important things that you were taught in basic training and, and the things that you know you still carry with you to this day um, that ain't shit, and I'm gonna get by on being ain't shit. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you, um, no, nah, I don't know, though? man. Like, um, like he was saying with the whole camaraderie thing. Um, it's a couple people that I wish I still kept in touch with a lot, a lot more. Um, but we're kind of like all Facebook friends, you know. You find everybody afterwards or whatever, right. and you still keep up with their lives and stuff like that. But we don't talk as much as we used to. But uh, like he was saying, um. If one fight, all fight. Yeah, we had a uh, we had a girl um, not at boot camp, but right after boot camp, we in A school, so it's still kind of like a boot camp feel. You know, everybody's um, it's still the curfew. It's still you can't really, but you get a lot more freedom. You actually get to wear clothes and stuff or whatever. It's like it's like our tech school, ain't it? It's like yeah, 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 yeah something like okay. that. And um, we had one girl while she was out in town on her liberty or whatever. Um, she came back and, you know, she looked like she had got beat up. And we was like, what's going on? She was just telling us, like, she had to escape being sexually assaulted. Oh, and it was like 12 of us. 
And we were all like, oh, really? And so all of us went back to where she was at, where she told us it was getting ready to go down. Like, we was we was not about to play because you're not about to do that. And, like, it was, like, 13 of us ready to just fight for her. And because you don't mess with one of us. And then, you know what I'm saying, like that. And, um, you know, the guy, for some, it, was, it wasn't even a military guy. It was actually just a guy out in town from Chicago. And um, so we couldn't find a dude or whatever, and you know we made a reporter and everything like that too. But it was one—it's one of those things where you know you become to pick up a family, a sense of family with people, and yeah. so that's one of the things that I—I I pretty much picked up from them. Like, even though we not love related, that don't make us not family. Right. Again, because like I met my brother, I call him my brother through that, and we've been rocking with each other now. That was back in two thousand and seven. So, yeah, that, that that makes a lot of sense, man, because, you know, just knowing from personal experiences and just knowing what other people go through, like whenever you share experiences with people and you spend time with them like that, you know, you do, you know, bond with people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm here with you. We eat sleeping and shitting in the same area all the damn yeah. time and we hang out with each other all the time. I mean, of course, I'm going to get sick of you. You're going to get sick of me. But we, at the end of the day, we we always together. Shit, might as well pick that. You're going to feel like it. You're gonna feel like it. No so. Doubt. so before I go on to the next question, I did want to ask a follow-up question to you, Casey. You said I think you said it's called A School. Is that what it's called? Yeah, what, it's what um, I don't even know what the actual term for A really means because all I've ever heard is A School. But it's kind of like when you go to school to actually learn the job that you came into the military for, because okay. you go through basic and then once you get to A School, that's when you actually start learning the job. So like I was a bolter's mate, which means I was like. A nice term, I was in military janitor slash driver. Like, I drove the ships, cleaned the ships, paint the ships. I did every fucking thing possible for that ship. And so, um, basically, that's what they were trying to teach us during A school. We learned more about how to drive the ship. We also learned about, you know, the controls and everything for the ship that we had to do. We, they taught us how to paint, which is the stupidest fucking shit I think you could ever fucking learn, is for them to teach you how to fucking paint. Like, that shit would be so fucking difficult. Uh, but they did that (laughs) (laughs) they taught you all the different you know type of knots you're gonna have to learn and which knot you gotta use for what type of operation and all kinds of shit like that so it's just basically a school where you get to learn more about your job before they actually send your ass in there so they can't say they sent you unexperienced pretty much so when you say you drive the ship you actually you really are a fucking sailor like you really like know how to drive a ship drunk yeah. I, whatever, I can do it. I do it all, yo. She got it all, man. <laughs> you know, and she could tie an L shoelace. I can tie a goddamn bowling in a shoelace, yo. I've done that shit before. That's why it's so hard teaching my kid how to tie a shoe because I start tying, like, the special knot. Yeah. And she was like, Mom, that's not how you regularly tie a shoe. And I was like, well, you're not a regular kid. You're my kid. You're going to learn how to tie it this way. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> she's going to have show and tell on lock for the next several years. I'm just show y'all a different knot every time. Yep, yep. Um, so, okay, this question might seem a little silly to y'all, but I'm a civilian, so I don't know the fucking answer. Um, okay. When you're done with basic training, are you officially uh, a member of the branch that you're training for, or is there, like, some more steps that, that you have to go through before you're actually officially a member of the Navy or of the Air Force or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, we'll go with Casey first and then um, Charlie. No, that's it. Okay. All right, that's because after you do after you do basic training and you have your graduation, you're officially a sailor. Like that's it. Okay. All right, that's what's up. Um, so this next question is um about like the 
the rankings or whatever. Um, if you would just kind of run through some of the the rankings. Um, I don't know how many they are, so I don't know if you want to list all of them. But you know, what I mean, like private, captain, general, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you know, I, I don't know if they differ between branches or whatever. So maybe one person can just answer the question, and that'll be you know coverage for everybody. Um, I'll let Charlie answer that question, you know, about the, the Air Force and if there's anything different, you know, like, and, and if you would just like kind of go in order, like you start off as this and then you go here and here. All right. Um, I can tell you more so about the enlisted side because I'm not a, uh, the officer side is a, is a bit different. Uh, and I don't know, like I know, like from first is like second lieutenant, first lieutenant. And then you go on uh, like I don't know the orders per se. OK, it's like, you know. And except for when you get to like uh, the generals, and then it's like be hold on, be my little general. It's like four generals, four four levels. Like like there's one star, two star, three star, four star. Right. Okay. That you know, and um, but for the enlisted side, for us, like your airman basic, your slick sleeve, your airman. That's one stripe. You air, airman first class, two senior airman. Uh, three, um, and that's it. Well, that's an E four. So E one to E. I listed E one to E four. E five is your uh, staff sergeant. E six is your tech sergeant. E seven is your master. So at that point, you're a senior. You're a senior uh, non commissioned officer. Um. So yeah, E. I already said E. Uh, said E seven, right? Yeah, E seven. Yeah, E seven is master sergeant. Yeah, E seven is master sergeant. E eight is senior master sergeant, and E E nine is the highest ranking and uh, non commissioned. That's a chief. Okay. Chief master sergeant. Any any stuff for the maybe you want to add? Is it or is it pretty much the same? No, it's pretty much the same. You start off um, for us though. It's called different, and it's weird. Don't laugh because I hate saying it, but it starts off as um, you start off as a seaman uh, recruit. Seaman apprentice, and then a seaman. When you get to E three, um, E four, it all depends on whatever your um, rating is. Like for me, it would be uh, bosun mate third class, but it's pretty much third class, second class, and first class. Uh, once you hit E seven, it's a chief. Then it's uh, senior, senior chief, and then it's master chief for E nine. Um, and then after that, you know, that's as far as you can go enlisted, and then you know. And then the officer side is completely different, but um, like he said too, and I can't really remember that, which is sad. But <laughs> I can't remember how it go. But yeah, no doubt. All right, so um, so now that we've got you know some some names and ranks and stuff like that, so the next question is um, you know, are those things pretty much the same? So for example, like a E seven in the in the Navy is that person equivalent to an E seven um in the Air Force in terms of like just like their rank and like you know the the maybe the amount of time that they've been doing it. I mean, I know that they don't do the same thing because obviously they're different branches or whatever. But you know, is it is it basically like saying like you know we're kind of like on the same level in the, the area that we are in? Um, either one of you can answer that if you know the answer to that question. Um, we'll let the lady go first if she wants to. Um, um yeah, it's basically the same thing. I mean, it's just again different names. Right. Um, the time thing is different because we all have different type of ways to make the rank. Um, 
for E1 through E3, you have to be in for a certain amount of time until you can just put it on. Um, then once you hit E3, you have to take a test in order to make the next ranking. Um, and then it's a time limit on how how long before you can take that test you can do it. Um, I don't know how the Air Force does it, but I know like the Marines and I think the Army, you have to go before like a board or something in order to put on rank or something like that. So that's kind of different than having to take a Navy-wide test like we have to do or whatever, which I think is complete and utter bullshit. I'd rather go before a board and let my credentials and what I've done speak for myself. But for some reason, they like doing that whole paper and standardized test and bullshit for the Navy. So it, it is what it is. But I don't know how the Air Force does this. No, no, we're on the same boat. We're, we're on the same boat on that one because I feel that the Army and the Marines got it right. Like with the with the rankings, like like ranking up, like let my work speak for itself instead of having to t like study this uh, book of shit that really you like. We have to study a book on like um, our career field, which is fun, and about like Air Force history, and then like things that you know pertain to being a, a, a non commissioned officer, like being a supervisor, and like those things are important. But like you want me to know Air Force history, and to be honest, it's not really on a test. Yeah, and not only <laughs> that, the crazy part is like I've taken, and this is this is why I hate this shit because I I'll take the test and I'll pass the test, but I still won't make rank because so many other people passed oh, it as well. The, the line and numbers. Yeah, exactly, and and I fucking hate it because like I was and it's. This is why the military is so different from a guy and girl perspective, I guess, because, you know, I got to my boat um, a day before actually my first deployment. And so here are people who've been on this boat for like maybe months, maybe even years. And here I am on my first deployment a day in and we're all doing whatever we're doing. Here's the second month into the deployment and I'm already telling them like, hey, I want to learn how to do this. And then they're like, okay, that's cool. So they teaching me how to do whatever. I've become more effective and more efficient in the whole process. They start using me. Then they have me teaching. I mean, I'm, I don't know how this podcast is supposed to go, but, you know, then they have me teaching all these white boys and all these guys who've been on this boat for months and years before me how to do this shit. Then now all of a sudden when they I teach them how to do it, they're using them for the important stuff, like the shit that we got to show off and everything like that and i'm sitting here like y'all got me being a motherfucking instructor and then when it comes time to do the advancement and me and this dude passes the test but we both can't make rank then they cap him which by capping they mean the captain will say okay i know you passed the test but they didn't give you rank we're going to go ahead and give you the rank we're going to let you put it on so and so like a, a they get it, and I don't get it. You know what I mean? And I'm sitting here like, this motherfucker only got half the shit on his stuff because I showed him how to get it. Oh, okay. Damn. And so, yeah, like, that's the one thing I hate. That's why I say I want my credentials. I would rather have it to where my credentials speak for itself versus having to take a fucking test with this dumbass and you cap him because you like him. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just a weird system. I hate it. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like a point system. Like, for us, it's like a point system. Like, it's the same thing just about the same thing it's like a point system but it's like okay we need this amount of people in this career field to be this rank and even if you like you score high it's like well 
let's look at this. He has this amount of awards. He like got or she got their CCAF. It, it like the they've been in uh, longer and yeah, all like it's it's it's, it's always it's always something. You know what I'm saying? It's always something. And like I've seen one of my friends, he he made it. Like he passed the test, but they're like, well, it was uh, he got a f like you have an EPR. It's like an enlisted performance review, and I guess he got like a f he got a markdown five. Like you split, like a firewall five is if you get straight fives across the board, but like he got a four on one thing, but his overall was a five. You know what I mean? But since it was a markdown five, they didn't give him they didn't give him a staff sergeant, and it was like yo, that's that's some bullshit. Yeah, that's you know what I mean? Like, bullshit. man. So yeah, like this this is real shit. Like you know what I mean? We definitely chopping it up. We got a we got a little bit more to go, but you know, hopefully y'all are. Are good and everything, you know. We just keep rocking and rolling. Um, yeah, football coming on though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I listen. <laughs> I know, I know. We got fifty minutes, sure. We got fifty minutes, man. So we'll, we'll cover a lot of ground, man. We, you, you, I'm gonna get you to those Eagles, man. You know what I mean? Appreciate you, man. That's what I'm talking about. Word. Oh, you an Eagles fan? Yeah, sure, Eagles hey, fan, let's man. not, let's not, let's not get away from what the podcast is really about, sir. Yo, I'm sorry to hear that, yo. I gotta deal with y'all. I live with y'all. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Word. All right. So, um, you know, we kind of already touched on this. Y'all kind of already said, um, this this next thing, um, but I will ask one one of these questions from this little group. Um, you know, I and, and I guess we already know the answer, but uh, when you decided to join, did you already know whether or not you wanted to be, um, you know, active fighting duty or not? You know, or was it really more about trying to, you know, go into a certain career path for you? And you know, deciding to do it in this particular way. Um, we'll go with Charlie first, and then with Casey. Um, at first, no, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, I I went in as open mechanic, and then when I went to basic, they kind of they they kind of brainwashed me into like, yeah, maybe I do want to fight. And then when I when I get when I hit graduation, and it was like, you know, actually choose what job you want. I was like, nah, I ain't fight nobody. I'm not trying to do all that. And I actually ended up getting I actually ended up getting a job that I didn't even choose. You know what I'm saying? But I'm happy I got that job. Okay. You know. And you know what what was the science behind that? Like, you know, how did how did that happen? Oh, to to be honest with you, I really I couldn't tell you. Like I I remember I wanted to be a F22 um crew chief. And when they they read out your jobs and whatnot, they're like, um, Mayberry, you're going in as metals technology. And I was like, what? That's not at all what I choose. Like, it wasn't even on my list, you know? So, like, I did my research and, like, um, everybody was telling me, they're like, yeah, you're going to love this job. You're really going to love this job. It's a job that suits someone like you. And I'm like, what the fuck that mean? And lo and behold, yes, that's a job that suits me, you know? And I'm so glad I didn't become a crew chief because... In like the maintenance world, they're kind of like they fuck up everything. Pretty much, I'm like my job is to fix everybody's mistakes. Like this, the flight, like and in our career field, all of us are pretty. We're pretty arrogant because we know that the flight line wouldn't survive without us. All right, Casey, what you got? Um. Ours is a little bit different. You actually have to pick your job before you go in. Um, 
And for me, it was, again, because I didn't take that test serious and I was just circling all kinds of shit, my score was kind of low. And um, they told me, well, you can either be a bosom mate or you can be a cook. And I said, uh, well, I don't want to fucking cook for like 3,000 people. Right. Um, I hate cooking for two. So um, Fair enough. I chose to be a, yeah, I chose to be a bosom mate. And, but the thing about it is, with, with being um, enlisted and under E3, you have to work in the kitchen. It's called cranking. You have to do that for like three months anyway. So um, I still ended up being in the fucking kitchen. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, you come in, you already know what your job is. So it's no like, you know, having to just pick what it is um, once you get in or change it. The only way you can change it is if you like, you know, decide you want to cross rate. Um, I took the ASVAB again just so I could pick a different rate but for some strange reason I can't get the fuck out of this supposed to make shit become my life now so um but yeah that's about it I mean we, we, we choose ours before we go in so we already kind of know what we're going to be doing when we before we even you know go to basic training you can google and look up whatever it is you was getting ready to do and everything like that alright so it sounds like you know it's kind of compartmentalize like a like a university would be where like you know you got your engineering school your ag school and all these different things and you kind of you know at least in the case of the the navy you already kind of have to declare basically like declare a major and and all of that kind of thing and and then you know start working towards that um and i guess you know i guess we i'm gonna ask this next question so um with that said, and, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but with that said, with the basic thing of it being kind of like a, a university where it's kind of split into different areas and you kind of go in one direction or another, um, are there certain things that are kind of universal no matter what path you take once you join the Navy or the Air Force that we're like, you know, we're all going to take this class or we're all going to learn this? Is that just the stuff that you're doing basic or is there some stuff, you know, once you even get out of there? it's kind of like a universal thing where all air force men and women do this regardless of what direction they go and all people in the navy do this regardless of you know whether they're going to be you know in one place or another um we'll go with casey first and then charlie okay hold on wait so what you mean by that okay so like 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 you 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 already had to determine what you were going to do before you got there right yeah you already had to say okay well this is i'm I'm gonna go into the navy and i'm gonna i'm gonna be i'm gonna do this job and everybody else had to do the same thing. Are there any things, like, did you immediately just jump into that? Or were there certain things that kind of, like, everybody had to take, like, you know, like a, a basic one-on-one class when you first get to to the base or whatever, that it's kind of like, it doesn't matter what direction you're going in. We all got to learn this shit. Oh, yeah. We all had to learn, like, um, uh, basically when it came down to how our uniform was supposed to be, when you get a basic training, they teach you that shit. Then they teach everybody about the knots, but they teach us a little bit differently once you get to our school because that's pretty much going to be most of our lives. But they teach everybody overall the general basis and the difference of it. Um, They, I mean, the only thing they really taught all of us together was just the Navy stuff that we needed to know uh, because that's all we all pretty much would have had in common. They all separated us because it was more so like, you know, you're never probably going to end up doing this, so why teach you this shit? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Charlie? Same with the Air Force. Like, as soon as you're done with basic, you get your job, you go to your tech school, and everybody just goes their separate ways, you know what I'm saying? 
and y'all y'all mentioned this already but if you would again just you know tell us what your specific title and rank is uh within the uh the service so we go with charlie first uh senior airman e3 well not e3 e4 um, I'm in the reserves now, and I just picked up third, so I'm a BM3 surface warfare small type thing going on over here. And if you could just give us a, a brief description of like what you all do, uh, with Casey. Uh, a, a brief a brief description of my job. Yeah. I drive ships. That's it. She's on a boat, sure. nigga. Fucking limo driver. <laughs> 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 and um nah like that and then on top of that like you know we have small boat operations and everything like that so um i have to i'm in basically in charge of using the crane that puts the small boats that's on top of our ship into the water um i paint so fucking nice um i can lay primer like nobody else i can put down non-skid like nobody else um <laughs> um that's pretty much it um, outside handiwork. I'm so I'm like a, I'm a female who can cook in the kitchen, and then we can all just go outside and build a fence around the house together, type shit. Word, that's what's up, Charlie. Um, metals tech. Uh, I'm a welder and machinist. I machine aircraft part, aircraft parts, and uh, uh, parts for aircraft equipment, or I weld them. You know, if there's a break, there's a crack, I weld them up and I send them out. Um, and how many years of experience do you all have um, in the service and, and with your jobs or whatever? We'll go with Charlie first. Um, going on eight. Going on eight years. Um, I did active. I did active for four years uh, from 2007 to 2011. Uh, took a much needed break up until this year and decided to join the reserves. Um, and this kind of leads into the next thing. The, the next question was, you know, whether or not you were active or retired or whatever. Um, and if, you know, if you're, if you're not, you know, retired or whatever, how much longer do you think you want to go and how high do you want to get? Or, or are you kind of both where you want to be at and, and just going to kind of ride this out, you know, for a while? Um, we'll go with uh, Casey first. Um, Actually, I'm at, um. Just bit again. I'm in school now, so I'm using my GI Bill and everything like that. Uh, and I just found out about this program um, that the Coast Guard provides for minority um, individuals called C Spy, where basically they uh, pay for your uh, degree in order um, your bachelor's degree and up. And you ha but you have to go to a certified school, mostly an HBCU type thing, or for Latino Americans, I don't know how they what, what they call theirs. Because, you know, we call us historically black colleges and universities. And I don't want to mess up no, gen, no you know, racial type thing or whatever. But, you know, for Latino, uh, the community, whatever school they got for them. And um, basically, they'll pay for, pay for your education and then have you become an officer that way. Um, so I've been looking into transferring to do that. Uh, I kind of want to do this. Um, I I, this would be my fifth year, so... I mean, you know, if I could, if I could pull out twenty years, I'll be cool with doing twenty. Um, because I work at the post office now too, so you know, I can get my government check on both ends. I'm cool with that. Right. Um, I ain't hating on making money legally. So I heard that, man. That's what's up. All right, Charlie, what you got, sir? Um, 
I don't know, like right now, as of right now, this probably might be my last run. Uh, so I hit like that 10 year mark, you know, just, I got, I got kind of bored with the pop, the politics of it, you know what I mean? So yeah, like I'm kind of just, I'm like, I'm way my, like I'm way my options, but you never know. Something can happen and I can end up re-enlisting again. So that's what's up. All right, man. So we, we're getting closer to the end, you know what I'm saying? It's 21 after, so we still got a little time before kickoff. Um, uh, so the next thing I wanted to know was, you know, what are some of your best experiences in the military uh, to this point? We'll go with Charlie first, and then Casey. Um, I Langley when I was in uh, Virginia was probably some of the best time I had. Oh, some fun times I had. A lot of interesting stories, not really military related, just. Just being out there, I love Virginia. I probably would, I would love to go back. You know what I mean? Um, Virginia? And, yeah, I have fun. I have fun. Okay. It, <laughs> either either there or more than like the the main place though was Korea. Korea was fun. Korea was it was an experience. Like all the stuff. Like they told me when I first got to Langley, they're like, whatever you do. Make sure you go to Korea. You need a Korea story. You need that experience. You like you have to go. And I got that experience. And yeah, I kind of want to do it again. <laughs> Yo, I mean, um, well, actually, I, I, I'll I'll save it for the another question. You know, what I'm saying we we might have to touch back on Korea uh, in a moment. Um, is there anything else that you want to say for this answer, though? Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much my two big ones. Casey, what are some of your best experiences so far? Oh, man. Um, I was pretty much drunk my whole entire experience. Um, <laughs> oh, so you were in Korea the whole time? No, I was actually in Bahrain and <laughs> Dubai, man. Um, man, I was supposed to get that deployment, but um, that's yo, another... <laughs> yo, man, that... If I could go any... It would be those two places, Bahrain and Dubai. Um were amazing uh i've i got so many sea stories it's ridiculous uh i miss being out on the water and the reason why i say that is because it's a lot of negro activity that happens on the water i love <laughs> being up in the middle of the night playing spades and dominoes with a bunch of ignorant ass people from all over the united states and oh man it's just dope it's really dope. I that's pretty much it though. If I could do anything, it would probably be get back on a ship and then take my ass to Bahrain and Dubai. Yo, that's good. You know, you know what? I gotta add something else now. Yeah. Because you said that my deployment. Because when you, you get enough like enough guys out in the desert in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Every girl starts looking good. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Every hey, girl starts looking good. Yeah. Hey, you know what? To be perfectly honest with you, I met my I met my ex husband on my first ship, and it was really crazy because I told everybody like, in between boot camp and everything and A school like that, I had pretty much went like three months without getting some. So I knew when I get to that boat, I, it was a wrap. <laughs> and I met my husband two weeks in, and that was it. <laughs> That was it. Like, like you say, though, but when you out there for, like, months in the middle of the water, 
people do start to, you know, that that chip tooth ain't really that bad or, you know what I'm saying, like, we can always give you gum if your breath stink or, you know, you... Oh, yeah, you, you start making all kinds of excuses. Like, kind of excuses yo. It gets it gets so real when, <laughs> when shit go down for, like, months. And so to be out there for, like, seven, eight, nine, ten months, you gonna find a you gonna find every excuse possible to you know whatever like that. So. No, and 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 that's something that I didn't um that I didn't you know already have in mind to ask y'all or whatever. But th- I mean, let's talk about that. Like you know, like kind of like pairing off because like I think we all we all know people in the military. You know what I mean? Like we might not have all mm-hmm. taken that step, but we all know people. Like I got family members, I know friends, and you know all that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? So like you know just. I guess it kind of really is sort of like, you know, like how she was talking about earlier with the boot camp experience where like, you know, you, you, you're not really around people the way that you normally would be able to. And you have so many rules and, and regulations, like where you become friends with people, you become attracted to people that you might not have normally or whatever. Like, I'm, I, you know, I'm not going to ask y'all specific stuff, but, you know, just just the whole point about like, you know, how common was it for to pe- for people to just kind of start like hooking up? Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, a lot common, man. It's hard trying to, you know how I many times we have people, like, females get sent off the boat because they're pregnant, and we're like, how you pregnant, and we, you, like, two months pregnant, we've been out here for four months. Come on now, you can do the math, like, <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not hard, and you have dudes trying to explain to their wives why they got kids yeah. on the way, yeah. or you got dudes who wives oh, are trying to explain to them about how... Oh well, I got pregnant right before you left, but the babies do like it, it, it's weird, yeah. yo. It's when I tell you, man, it's so it's so common. I've seen so many. I've seen so many. I've seen so many failures. I've seen. I, I I'll give you one good story, and I probably won't even talk no more because I'll probably be laughing the whole entire time after I have this story. But <laughs> we stopped. We stopped in um. Oh, what country was that? I don't think it wasn't Thailand. We stopped in we stopped in Rota, Spain, I think first. And there's this place in Rota, or might be Palma. It's either Rota or Palma, Spain. I hate to get it mixed up, but they have this place called TGI Thursday, right? Crazy remix, but <laughs> official remix because this shit has holes walking all through <laughs> that bitch. And the thing about these holes is like you can pick a country from a like you'd be like, y'all gonna fuck this Asian bitch, and an Asian bitch will pop up out of nowhere wow. or you could be like yo it's just women everywhere uh-huh. and yo it's 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 crazy and one of the dudes on our boat his name was rucker oh god i hope he never listens to this podcast uh he's no he's racist he probably won't um but rucker was so into just getting vagina and like i said he's racist but for some strange reason all all vaginas pink so fuck it and he got with this what he thought was this chick from Thailand. Everybody knows about Thailand. Okay. If you don't know about Thailand, Google it. Oh, um, oh I know. <laughs> yeah, I know where oh. this is going. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> and so, so he was just all, you know what I'm saying, talking about this one chick, and we all saw the chick, and we were trying to give him a heads up. We was like, yo, dude, don't, don't do that. Like, we can find you another nice-looking girl, like, don't do that. And he wasn't listening to us. And so he came back to the boat the next day with a story about her and how he was happy he could find a chick that only liked anal and everything uh, like that. Uh, and while he was telling the story, <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And so while he was telling the story, I, you know, everybody was like, you know, humming and shit. 
But then me being the, you know, God-fearing person that I am, I was just like, dude, you didn't reach around and touch the balls while you were doing all of that shit? And he was like, what? And we was like, yo, I was like, dude, you fucked a man. Like, there's no events but about it. And I was like, so, hey, Rucker, you're a man fucker. And that was his whole name throughout the deployment. He tried to kill himself. I feel bad about that shit. Oh, but we called him Rucker, Rucker, man fucker the whole entire time he was in the boat. Yo. <laughs> and... Yo, when I tell you, that shit was so funny to me because we went out the very next night and I saw him, her, whatever, saw Caitlyn Jenner and I was like, hey, (laughs) you ain't tell that dude that you were a guy. He was like, he didn't ask and he didn't want to touch around the front and that that wasn't my issue. I just got paid and I was like, all right, that's cool, what's up, whatever. Yo, that was by far like one of my only experiences that I remember, like, I I remember detail by detail of that shit. Yo, I, I remember watching. Um, it was like it wasn't sixty minutes. It was uh twenty twenty, I think, man. Like back in the day, man. I was still in Connecticut. I was still at home and shit. Um, years ago, and there was a story about a dude, basically like the same type of thing, but it was like a guy that was in like the Vietnam War, and you know he linked up with what he thought was a woman over there in in, in Vietnam. Um. And, you know, it was, you know, same experience or whatever, but he, but they had like a 30 year relationship before he ever found out that, you know, that she was a, a transgender or whatever. And I was like, you know, how do you have a relationship? I could see if you just had sex with the person and, you know, just whatever, but like, how do you have a relationship? Well, what you think is a relationship that lasts for that long and not know it or whatever. So either he didn't know it, didn't care or whatever. I mean, you know, whatever makes you happy, whatever works for you, but. I just thought that was a crazy story that, you know what I'm saying, that he was telling the people, you know, on, on the fucking TV show look, back in 89 or 90 or whatever it was. Look, after 30 years, if you didn't know and you just now found out, yeah. you might as well stay, yo. Yeah. You might as well ride it out, you know? Yeah, and that was my no. thing. First off, let me take this, yo. If you don't know after 30 years, yeah. There's a problem with your whole count of what really consists of a relationship because if nobody's grabbing a feeling somebody while they're walking past them yeah. or nothing, come on, man. Something's got to be swinging in something <laughs> or nothing. It's just not no way you can't fucking say you just didn't know after 30 years unless y'all been living in different houses or some shit. And yeah, like that's a moment you got to call bullshit on, but like. Let- I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, yo. Like at nah, that you point, you ain't that. got no, not, you ain't got nah. like if, if you want to do that, like I'm a, like I'll let him have that. But you nah, can't. I don't like, care it, how it, 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 nah, I don't care how small an Asian penis is, dude. You're gonna know it's a fucking piece of balls, a set of balls there. Nah, I'm not. Getting that. Like, like if you want to run with that, he can't leave because like, at that point, the 30 years, yo, you might as well stay. 30 you yeah. 30 years, yo. Right, there's no woman walking to God's green earth with her. Ovaries on the outside of her fucking body. Those are balls, oh. bro. You knew that shit. Ignored it. I'm not having it. Yeah, like so. the average person with common sense, like you said, would have known within 30 days, right. or maybe less. Like really less than if you're smart. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, just 30 years. Yeah. What, nah, what are you gonna argue be, about? He wanted to be on TV and not be judged for being gay. Um, I'll get that's his past. Yeah, that's and, what and, I. That's what I think. And, and this was a long time ago too, so you know it was it was definitely you know much more of a stigma. Even though you know gay folks out there still have a lot of bullshit that they have to deal with, but you know back in whatever year this was, it was even more of a thing. So 
and probably and then, you know he's a military man and you know y'all y'all cats got pride and all that kind of stuff but you know, and at that time it was like like at, at that time it was probably like that don't the whole don't ask that that the whole don't ask don't tell thing was still like you know what i mean and this is a vietnam you know, that's still prevalent yeah that's that still prevalent so, so. Yeah. yeah so it was just her her telling that story about rucker made me think about that or whatever um so anyway, shout out to Rucker. <laughs> shout out to Rucker, man. Rucker, um, Rucker, man, fucker, yeah. <laughs> yo, that's a quotable right there. Um, so we talked about some of the best experiences that y'all have had, or whatever. Like, what are some of the worst experiences that you that you can remember? Um, in your time in the military, we'll go with uh, Casey, the storyteller, man. She got all the good stories. Man. Yeah. Um, my worst time had to be uh when I was pregnant. Okay. I was pregnant on the boat, and um, it was crazy. I found out I was pregnant uh, because one of the chicks on my boat wanted to take a pregnancy test, and nobody else wanted to take it with her. And I was like, well, I can't get pregnant because, you know, doctors have told me that. So I was like, I'll go with you. And uh, when we went, found out that I was actually the one that was pregnant mm. and not her. And um, being on that boat and all that rocking and them still trying to make me, you know, do work and everything like that, you know, that was probably just the most, that was like a, a that was like a two-week hangover. Right. Like, just nothing of just me being nauseous and everything like that. That probably was like my worst experience ever now, on the boat. Now, that and getting caught having sex with my husband. Now, when you, um, when you found out, <laughs> when you, when you found out. That was, was just those two. When you find out that you were pregnant, like how how far into the pregnancy were you at the time? Um, I actually was almost two months okay. and didn't know it, but I didn't know I was pregnant at all. I none of the signs and none of that stuff that they tell you to look forward to. I couldn't say I was getting fat because my black ass was already fat. I mean, it was just yeah. I was I was just about to I ask just, if, if there was anything I didn't know anything of- like at all. No indications. No clues. And so when I found out I was pregnant, I mean, I passed out twice because <laughs> it just wasn't something, again, the doctors told me twice I couldn't have kids. So yeah. it was just something I didn't think was possible for me. So, you know, I can't even imagine what it's like to, first of all, be pregnant, obviously, but, you know, to be pregnant on a, on a fucking boat, you know what I mean? Like in the yeah. middle of nowhere, whatever, that had to be a crazy experience. Like just so out in the middle of the water, no stopping ships moving all over the place because of you know whatever it was it was when i say it was terrible man it it really was it was horrible i was cursing everybody out. i didn't give a shit about rank i didn't care about none of that shit i was a pregnant woman and you had me on a fucking boat i was yeah. i was hot <laughs> i'm sure you was in rare form at that t- at that period of time man yeah if, if if i guess i'm always in rare form but i think it probably was a little bit worse probably was man all right charlie what are some of your worst experiences were you, were you pregnant on the boat as, on, on <laughs> no, no I, I wasn't no i wasn't pregnant on a boat um but i did uh it was um my first like real pregnancy scare okay. um it was this girl that was um she was in the army like uh, it was in virginia and like we was hanging out or whatever there was a moment we didn't talk because like at that time like i really wasn't about having relationships like i was i was in my first base i was you know i mean i was on my own i had my own car i was like i I was really feeling myself you know what i'm saying like so continue charlie yeah yeah i was really feeling myself man like so me and her was talking she wanted a relationship i just stopped talking to her for a bit and then I, i i went back 
you know, and she was like, yeah, um, I haven't had my period in a month. And I was like, what do you mean? And she just looked at me like, don't be stupid. And I was like, well, whose is it? Ah. And she's like, really, don't be stupid. Oh, <laughs> like, I said every wrong thing you could possibly say in oh, that man, whole I just situation. Huh? I just hit my table. Like I can't believe you did that. Like I I, like I'm surprised. Like the the one like the one thing I said, I'm surprised that well she didn't drive on base because I said it over the phone. Like she didn't drive on base and like stab me. You know what I'm saying? Still talking to you, be honest. Yeah, like yeah, like (laughs) because like at that time, yeah, I wasn't shit. I wasn't about shit. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I said that. like, Like I said all that to her. And I said, I said something like, like I don't want to really repeat it because I really felt like shit about saying it. I mean, we're cool now, but still, like, like I regret saying that to her. But um, it ended up like she wasn't pregnant, and she didn't really want to talk to me for a while, which mm. understandable. But we ended up getting cool again and whatnot. And then right when I found out, because like we wasn't dealing with each other during that time of like the whole pregnancy scare and whatnot, we weren't dealing with each other anymore. And there was like time, but between that, when I need to her to find out she was pregnant, I had another pregnancy scare. Damn, nigga. Yo, with Charlie, another you, chick. Yo, were you fighting for the country at any point of your military career? I mean, damn. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was. It was like when it, when she told me, it's like, nah, I'm not pregnant. Cool. And me and this other girl was dealing with each other. It's like, yo, I might be pregnant. And I was like, what the? Like, I just got out of this. I just got out of this. But you just got out of that, but you didn't get into a condom, nigga. Thank you. Oh, man, you said it. I was getting ready to go there. Listen, I had to deal with that. (laughs) I had to deal with that the whole time with my shop. Like, that was an an everyday occurrence. Like, they're like, why don't you wear a condom? Like, I I had to hear that from my supervisors. Like, it was bad, but, you know... You know, I just felt like, okay, I dodged that bullet. Cool. Wait, hold up. And then just after a while, I was like, okay, maybe I should wear a condom. Yeah. It, and that that was just my, that was a one. And then the other one was when um, the the first time me and um, my wife split. Because, like, at that, that was when my career started kind of going really, really bad. She was still pregnant with our son. Um and we just wasn't we was button heads a lot and i just remember going through a we were going through an exercise i didn't sign off any paperwork for a job that i did and a captain called me in at three in the morning and i wasn't trying to hear it and i flipped out like i just i just blacked on a captain and it almost cost me my it almost cost me my rank and my job Damn, but he was a crew chief. My excuse was he was a crew chief, and I told he he said I was B squad. He don't need B squad. He don't need B level fucking employees. And I was like, "You're a crew chief. I'm metals tech. You fuck up jets. I fix them. You can't do what I do." <laughs> like I was like, I, "I dare you to try and do what I do. You can never do what I do." Like I'm because it's three, and I'm not like I'm not really coming through. They was like, "Yo, maybe I get the fuck out the office right now," and. Yeah, like I had to tell him why I was so upset. Like if I hadn't told him, I would have got an Article Fifteen. <laughs> they would have had my ass out and within the week. <laughs> Shit, man, that's that's pretty wild right there, man. 
right, so we're gonna keep it moving. We got a little bit more to go. We we twenty minutes away from uh Casey's Eagles, you know what I mean? They gonna lose, bro. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. All right, so so we talked about um we mentioned Bahrain and Dubai and, and Korea, uh specifically in a couple earlier answers, but if there's anything else that you want to add on to some of the most interesting places that you've traveled to or been stationed at, then go ahead and, um, you know, drop a few other spots and, you know, maybe why they were interesting or cool or whatever. We'll go with uh, Charlie first. Um, Germany, Bitburg, Germany. Well, not well. Bitburg was the base. They closed that down. But uh, it's more so Spangdalem. That was fun. That was a good time. Um, I was able to see different places. That's why I went to Paris. I went to Italy for the first time, and yeah, like uh, I would definitely want to do that again. Germany more so because, like, when I was in Germany, I was a bit younger and I couldn't really do much, you know. But this, like, if I go and go into Germany now, would be an even different experience. I can do more as I'm older and go to a lot of different spots. Um, where else? Yeah, it's just pretty much Germany, going to Germany because I got to go to France and, and, and Italy. Right. I have um, one of my homeboys. He's not in the military, but he um, lives and works out in Germany. And he always mm-hmm. talks about how cool it is out there and, like, you know, how, you know, Paris and, and parts of Spain and stuff like that are really just a couple hours away and all of that. So, you know, he really enjoys it out there, too. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you again about Korea. Like again, you know, we, we don't have to get into like a lot of detail or whatever. But what was it? What is it about Korea that makes you know all the guys be like, "Yo, you gotta go to Korea." Like, what what's what's up in Korea? Korea is like a lawless zone. Okay. That's pretty much what it is, yo. Okay. It's like they tell you when you first get there. Like they tell married couples, like, "Listen, you're here for a year. That does not mean that's a that's a year break from marriage." Mind you, the same people that gave you that speech are taking that year break from marriage. Like that's that's pretty much what it is. It's like uh um it, it's like being in college. It's like being in college like spring break or something like that all the time. Um there's a lot of like where I was stationed at I was stationed at Osan. It's a lot of, like as soon as you get out the gate, all there is is clubs, bars, nice restaurant spots and you just you because you don't drive you you y'all all live in the dorms and stuff like that like there's a a stronger camaraderie amongst your shops and stuff like that so y'all end up hanging out and you just have a good time um the clothes like you can get uh access to clothes some some of it's fake so you have to go you have to go like in the city to get like actual like instead of like fake polos like a real polo um Jordans were kind of that's when I ended up having like a good sneaker collection just getting Jordans but yeah if you really want like real Jordans you there's only two people you go to we call their Jordan lady and her son (laughs) and yeah like pretty like if you went to this guy named Jersey Joe because he was known for selling fake Jordans like people will call you out on it like people call you out they'll take pictures post it up on online about you having fake Jordans so yeah, it was pretty bad, but like Korea was always fun. Um, it was it was real fun, just because just like the goofy shit you got into. Sometimes it was crazy shit that would happen out there, like uh, the couple fights that happened on base. Some dude got his like his throat cut by a piece of glass because like I guess he ain't like what somebody said. One of the guys that 
I wasn't there at the time, but one of the guys, like two of the people in our shop, uh, my boy JT, he was leaving because he was going to be he was going to be a tech school instructor. And he was in the club and he saw another dude, uh, Cardoso. He got jumped and and we know how Jay is. Like Jay didn't really fuck with Cardoso like that. So he saw like he saw as people were jumping him, turned his back and went continued on with his conversation with some girl or whatever. And then uh Dos was like, Yo, you didn't see me? Like that was me getting jumped. He's like, Oh, I ain't know that, man. My bad. And that was pretty much it. But like really Korea's just just a lot of stuff goes like a lot of stuff goes on in Korea, but it's just a fun experience and just like seeing different plate like seeing the different cities in Korea, like that to me was even more fun because like that like it's so beautiful out there to be like the countrysides and the different like like play like temple places or whatnot like that. Like those are pretty cool. Those those are real cool to see. Right, Casey, what you got for uh, some of the most interesting um. places? Well, my ex-husband proposed to me while we were in Greece, which was That's dope. Um, uh, where else? I got my first tattoo while we were in Palma, Spain. I mean, got my second one in Greece, and you know, I mean, I, I mean, I went to a lot of dope places. It was it was a fun experience the whole way through, but. Again, if I could go anywhere, it'd be that Bahrain or Dubai, and it wouldn't be on no military stuff no more because there were so many rules, and I couldn't enjoy the city and the town um, the way I wanted to because you know we had curfews and everything like that. So I definitely want to go back now, just as a civilian, just to see the the difference, you know. But um, but yeah, I have um, yeah. a homegirl from college or whatever. Um, she's she's in the Navy as well, I think. She does some kind of job for y'all, and she's been out to. Um, I think she was living in dubai for a minute you know what i mean because of that and um, mm-hmm. i mean uh, bahrain rather she was out in bahrain so i used to see like pictures and i know a couple people that have that went out there to visit her and everything and it looks like a beautiful place man you know what i mean it is so um we gotta- i was supposed to get a deployment out there but that never happened okay. <laughs> i ended up getting kuwait all right, I'm going I'm to skip a couple questions, but I do have a couple more things I want to ask y'all or whatever, just so that we can you know, wrap this thing up. Um, the next thing I wanted to know was, uh, have you ever experienced or seen any discrimination, um, you know, in in your time in the military based on, you know, race or, or, you know, any other factors, you know, Casey, for you, you know, being that you're a woman, you know, have you experienced any bullshit because you're a woman, you know, both of y'all being black folks, uh, you know, have you seen other people go through bullshit? Um, because of, you know, being a part of one or a few different uh, minority groups. Uh, we'll go with Casey first and then Charlie. Um, I kind of touched base on this earlier when I said uh, that, you know, I was basically showing all the white dudes and all the guys how to um, work a certain crane operations and everything like that. Um, and then they would be the one to get the promotions and the advancements and everything after I taught them and I would still be stuck at my level. Um, but being a female, the first thing that happens when you come into the military, if you're a black female, you're already going to be called loud, aggressive, and lazy. Um, and that's exactly how they thought I was going to be when I first got there. Um, they were shocked that I wanted to be so hands-on and learn stuff, especially with my rate being more outside, um, and having to actually like do manual labor. They were very shocked that I would, um... I was wanting to do all that stuff or whatever. 
Um, but of course there was racism. We actually had a race war on my first boat. Um, because of uh, one of the Hispanic guys um, called one of the black dudes a nigger or whatever, and he would they were all in a, they were all in my division, and it got it got real nasty. It was um, the word "stick" written everywhere or "nigger" written everywhere here, and then the you know white people would try to pit them against each other. It it was bad. Um, I've seen it happen a lot. Um, I've even had a couple off. I've I've actually been targeted. So I've seen it happen. I had one of my officers tell me that um, it's to the point where I've, I actually noticed that I didn't get a lot of the stuff that I sh- that um, I should have gotten just off of my work exit based on the fact that um, as a female, they expect you to, um, and I can't say female, right? I mean, ain't nobody from Twitter going to come over yeah, here and start, you know, how they, you know how they get when we say female, but yeah. um, but as a female, you're expected to lay down and get what you want if you want to get anything. And um, it was a lot of times I said, I I wasn't doing that. I don't have to speak with you to do this and do that. And I was flat out told by one one white officer, like, well, if you're not going to have sex with me, you're not going to go far. And I guess he put out an APB or put out a warning, and pretty much my career was shut down after um, after that because I really didn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything. And a lot of people brought up his name while speaking to me. So I kind of feel like, you know, uh, as a female, especially a black one in the military, you got to work extra hard. You got to do 10 times harder. Um, you got to show and prove you want to do this and do that because it, it's bad. And a lot of people just don't know that racism in the military is terrible. It is horrible. Do not let anyone fake and tell you it's not. It really is. These people are is, is way worse in silence. In the military than it is out in civilian life. So, civilian life, civilian life. Yo, it's bad. It's, <laughs> they just can't wear. They just can't, you know, have the Confederate flag on on them like that or whatever. But they show it in the slickest terms, in the slickest ways. It 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 hurts your career more than anything. And I've tried so hard to let as many especially when I speak to minority children and they tell me they want to do this, I, I let them know offhand. I'm not going to tell them the perks about being able to travel and the money and all that stuff. I let them know what, to see just where their mental is. You got to survive the racism. They'd be like, you got to survive the what? You got to survive the racism. Yeah, that makes Because it's bad. Yeah, Charlie, is there anything you want to add? Um, pretty much is like, she's not lying. Like, the racism is there. Like, it may not, they... It's just like for me, it was never so. They they tried to hide it, but it's like it's hiding in plain sight. And if you're you, if you're smart, you'll catch it. You know what I'm saying? Like you you kind of know, you know. Like and just I've had many hiccups in my career because of just. I mean, they say because they can tell I was going to be a problem, or whatever the case may be. Like um, one guy, they they needed someone to go on a deployment at the time. I was I was. Uh, it was when I was in Langley. I was single. I didn't have, like, you know, I had no kids, single, still living in the dorms. Um, I got a lot of my my testing, like, for my five levels so I can work on my own. Like, I had I had a lot of that stuff done early. My welding certs, welding certifications done early. And they kind of let this guy kind of skate on by because they were trying to make him the face, like, that face of the shop. And 
he was the the the, the good troop and he was doing having a lot of FaceTime with a lot of people. And me, I was the type of person that needed to have that type of FaceTime, you know. Like, sorry about that, Uma son. Um, I didn't need to have that kind of FaceTime with, you know what I'm saying? Because I figured my work would speak for itself, you know what I'm saying? And um, what, what, what it pretty much led to is me not getting a chance to go to deploy. Like, and he didn't even want to go. Like, the kid didn't want to go. He was just like, um, like anybody want to go on deployment? I'm like, oh, I'll go. No, we don't know about you. We're not so sure. We don't really, we don't know if you can handle that. And lo and behold, they sent him. And it was a six-month deployment. He ended up coming back in, within two months because he claimed he was suicidal. So it, that 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 kind of that right there kind of made me upset, and then just it happened. It kind of carried on in Korea when I couldn't get a deployment. I couldn't go on an assignment to Thailand. I couldn't go on an assignment to Alaska. I could, they wouldn't give me anything. Like and they had they always had some weird excuse behind it, but like that that just lets me being burnt out pretty much. All right, so I'm going to ask you all three more questions. We'll breeze through these real quick, and then we'll get you all to shout out, you know, anything that you want the people to check out. So the first of the three is um, we just had Veterans Day recently. Um, I wanted mm -hmm. to know if, if that term veteran uh, applies to everybody that's in the military, or is it just for the people that were active combat duty? And either one of y'all can answer that or whatever. It's probably just a yes or no question. Um, so this, is, is everybody that's joined the military considered a veteran? Or is it just the people that have been fighting? Um, I ain't fight shit. Oh, uh, yeah, I ain't fight nothing. I ain't look at a goddamn um, Taliban person. Um, I ain't never had nobody. Well, I've had somebody try to shoot at us um, in the water. But, you know, uh, that's because they were smuggling drugs and shit. But they ain't never been on no, like, um, you know, let's go get these fuckers type shit. Yeah. Um, and I'm a veteran. I'm going to get my free food and my free shit regardless. Uh, um. I think anybody who put on a uniform, anybody who is willing to fight for this country, you know, um, willingly separated from their families, their loved ones, from whatever it is that they do, whether they be reserve, whether they be active duty, I think, I think those are veterans. Um, also, even if you don't get um, a um, honorable discharge, most of these people are still veterans. They just don't get recognized to get the benefits of it. Okay. And um, but I think if you if you fought for my country, if you got shot at for me or anybody that I love, you're a veteran for me. Charlie, you got anything you want to add to that? No, she pretty much hit the nail on the head. Like, you put the uniform on, you make the sacrifice for other people's freedoms. You know, I know it kind of sounds cliche and whatnot, but, like, yeah, like, that makes you a veteran, and like she said, like I do like my free food. <laughs> yep. I like my free drinks. Right, you know. so yeah. the, the second of the final three is uh, we just had a guest appearance from uh, um, Charlie's son. Uh, both of y'all are parents. Would you encourage your kids to join the service? Why or why not? We'll go with Charlie first on this one. I mean, it, I wouldn't really like say like off the bat like yeah you should go do it it's more like if all your options like if things don't work out and it's a last resort kind of thing because you still i feel like you still have options i don't think it but if you if it's what he wants to do then go right ahead i'm not gonna di i'm not gonna 
encourage him not to do it. Like if it's his first choice, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, boy, why does that boy always want to tell me something? But um, uh, yeah, like it's it's more of, you know, I'm not going to tell him not to do it, but I'm going to just let him know he has options. Um, no, my kid is not allowed. Um, (laughs) no, she can't come to me. My, uh, I have an 11 year old sister who, uh, keeps telling me that she wants to do it. And, you know, I just keep telling her I'm gonna put my foot in her ass. Uh, I just, I can't, um, not so much as because I don't want them to, you know, go through the experience. I mean, it's their life or whatever the case may be, but I mean, I'm paying for you for up to 18 years. I'm going to have a little bit of say-so after that, too. Um, but I, I don't want my child. I don't want my child in the military. I really don't. I, I can't. Uh-uh. I feel you. All right. And so the last question is, uh, you know, in closing, you know, how would you describe your overall experience in the military? Um, we'll go with Casey first on this one. Um, my experience was uh, the sweetest shit. Uh, that's, I mean, I had fun. Um, I learned a lot. Um, I went through a lot of, I went through a lot of bad things. Um, but at the same time, shout out to alcohol because it would have been a whole lot worse had I not, had I not had a way to, uh, deal with it. But, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, it allowed me to have my GI bill that I have now, um, the VA home loan that I'm getting ready to use next year. Um, free healthcare because I be sick as shit. I don't know why my immune system is a punk. Um, I, I I can't say nothing bad about it, really, to be perfectly honest with you. All right, Charlie. Um, yeah, good or bad. It's been an interesting experience, but I like it. I'm having fun. You know what I'm saying? So, and plus, you know, I like having a steady paycheck that funds all the 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 <laughs> actual shit I want to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know. And plus, you know how much hospital bills are, especially for a little a four-year-old. Saying <laughs> like, this is I'm glad I don't have to pay you know medical bills like that and whatnot. But yeah, I'm having fun. I'm having fun. All right, man. So I definitely want to thank y'all for coming on and talking about your experiences in the military. We are almost at kickoff for those one o'clock games. But before we get out of here. I just want to give y'all a chance to shout out whatever you want to shout out. You know what I'm saying? Let them know Twitter handles, websites, whatever the fuck you got. And uh, I'll come in last and say one last little thing and then we'll be out of here, man. So we'll go with uh, Casey first and then Charlie. Um, I don't do nothing with my life. I don't have no podcast. I don't do nothing inspirational. Um, I just tweet. <laughs> and my name on Twitter is Sailor Candy. It's um, underscore S-A-I-L-O-R. K H A N D I underscore. So if you want to follow, just go ahead and follow. I'm pretty dope. Word, word. All right, Charlie. Me, I got my, uh, I got the Gaming and Then Some podcast or Gats Pod, G A T S P O D. Uh, check the website, gamingandthensome.com or gatspod.com. Check the Facebook page. Well, kind of like a secret society kind of pa- Facebook page. Yeah. Like if you listen to the show, you can get in. If you don't listen to the show, you're not getting in. Um, and, uh, yeah, on Twitter, Harpo's Hand, H-A-R-P-O-S-H-A-N-D. Um, I, tweet, I tweet about 
sports and nerd shit. And of course, you know, I'm Leonard at L Brothers Media at Look Listen Pod, LBrothersMedia.com. Um, that's pretty much it, man. So, you know, we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Once again, thank you to Charlie and Casey for coming on. And no problem. We hope, we, we definitely no hope problem. That enjoy, you know, this, this military one on one. And please, if you do decide to go into the military, don't do none of this shit Casey did. No. <laughs> Just don't get caught. Just don't get caught. Yeah, don't don't get caught. Yo, that's probably why I got this honorable discharge. I didn't get caught. You got to be real with your craft. You got to stick to it, and you got to be real about it. Just don't get caught. No doubt. So that's it, man. No, without without any other words to say, that's it. Look and listen, podcast. We out of here.